Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're recording episode 292 with Mr. Jefferson Morley, author of James Jesus Angle, or uh, excuse me, Ghost, the story about James Jesus Angleton, which I put in as all the authors I've had on. I openly say top five books all time for me up there with Raven Rock, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. It's definitely uh, Operation Paperclip, Annie Jacobson. Yours is up there. I read Our Man in Mexico, which is also about uh, the CIA and JFK and all the hairiness that went on with that. But as you were just explaining to me, you said you have a new ebook out, and it's your it's your personal quarrels with the CIA. Yeah, so this is the story of a lawsuit that I filed in two thousand three okay. for a certain JFK assassination records, and it's the story of the lawsuit, which went on for an incredible sixteen years. Um, revealed some very interesting information about the CIA and the JFK story. But also it's, and the reason I wrote it is to illuminate this larger question of how the law actually treats something like the JFK assassination. When you actually get in a court and put information in front of a judge, what happened? How does the law treat this subject? And specifically, you know, I filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, you know, so how do these laws function around an issue like the JFK assassination, where there's lots of interest and lots of secrecy. And so my book, available on Kindle, Morley versus CIA, tells this story. Five different trips to federal appeals court in Washington, D.C., multiple appearances before Brett Kavanaugh. Um, and really, you get a very good look at just how deferential these judges are to the CIA specifically, not in general. I mean, they are deferential in general to the secretive agencies, but they're very deferential on the JFK issue specifically. And the way the law is interpreted by most judges, including Brett Kavanaugh, is basically that if the CIA says you have no right to see it, you have no right to see it. And the, and the courts will not question that. So I tried, I, I, I pushed in multiple different ways. I won. Uh, that's why the lawsuit went on for 16 years. Um, but in the end, you know, our court system is really stacked in favor of the CIA and against full disclosure and public, you know, public information. Do you think that, do you think there's any, how, how accurate do you think it is the CIA's claim? It's our, you know, our methods and our sources that we have to protect versus some hairy stuff went on and it's just, we can hide behind it and no, you can't have it. I mean, I think it's, it, it's the material is embarrassing. Yeah. It's, it doesn't threaten, it wouldn't threaten national security if it was made public. It wouldn't put anybody's life in danger. Yeah. I mean, it, it might theoretically disclose something to our enemies that they don't already know. Although that strikes me as extremely unlikely. We're talking about ancient records uh you know involving a country cuba which poses no threat to us um or the soviet union a country which no longer exists um so you know the national security arguments in these cases i think are almost always specious and let me just give you an example so there's still lots of jfk records still 
withheld from public view. My lawsuit revealed 1,100 CIA records that had never been released in any form. That means so the entire document is public. It's not, it's not like oh, a word or a paragraph is taken out. No, the entire thing, 1,100 documents, and this is 50 years after the fact. Now, let's say there was the name of you know, a confidential agent in there you could take out the name and you would delete one, you know, one name or maybe one line. You wouldn't delete the whole document. It's just way overclassified and, and, and it's completely indefensible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's, it's not that this would not endanger anybody. This would only endanger the agency's reputation yeah. and its budgets on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Now, do you think it's, to me, the two most likely arguments are, is what it covers up is up you can they're going to hide behind sources and techniques and methods obviously that's not going to be true it's 57 years ago do you think they're hiding behind incompetence they're going to see that you know we fumbled a you know it was on the one yard line we could have tagged oswald at any time or the much sexier that it was a cia hit which which do you lean towards obviously it's all speculation well you know uh, I think it's difficult to tell, but the, the argument, the argument that, well, they're just hiding their incompetence. I mean, a lot of people like to assume that and say that, no, it couldn't possibly be hiding something serious. They're only hiding their incompetence. Maybe, but we got to see the documents to know. And there's no, this is the important point. There's no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt and yeah. say they're just hiding incompetence. Yeah. Because if you look at the history of disclosure, and classification and malfeasance in this case, they have repeatedly destroyed evidence, misinterpreted evidence, overclassified evidence, and they've hidden lots of things that are not incompetence, that are in fact malfeasance and misconduct. So, you know, what remains? I wouldn't assume it's just incompetence. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't assume that at all. We need to see those records to know. That's the only way to know. Yeah. I don't make any assumptions. But, but the CIA certainly does not deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to what's in secret records. Yeah, right. Yeah, see, the CIA is a, the CIA is an unfaithful partner, and it's not that yeah. they, it's not that they've never given you reason to question them, and then they came home late one night and they just want right. to go to bed. It's they came home drunk as hell uh, <laughs> with sex hair, and they're saying, "Don't look at my phone." Right. You know, and you're yeah. like, "Can I? Can you just?" Can you just ease my mind? And they're like, why do you want to see it? And you're like, just ease my mind. And it's like, you know, no. And it was like, but that was five years ago. Can I? No. And it's that's kind of what it's like. Yes. Granted, it's all speculation. We don't have any exact fingerprint, but. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just say something. Okay. It's not all speculation, okay. right? I mean, we have a very firm foundation yeah. of evidence that yeah. points to high level yeah. misconduct yeah. in the Kennedy assassination and may well point, I believe, to CIA operations involving the RV Oswald. Yeah, 100 percent. So so when we talk about what's in there, we're talking about very valid questions about the most one of the most important issues in American history. So what we're looking at is not to speculate more. We're looking at to nail down the rest of the story, yeah. which we deserve because it's our history. It doesn't belong to the CIA, yeah, right? Yeah. It belongs to the American people. Yeah. We paid for it. It's our country. So we need to get that information. Yeah. And a as I read more of these books and have been looking at them for years and learn more about the CIA and everything, I mean, the most you know harped on one is Operation Northwoods, but I mean, everything they do, man, I... 
And then to top it all off, Angleton's just sketchiness around it all. <laughs> just his weirdness, his dodginess, his this what CIA is a big mansion and I don't know every room, whatever the loose quote is. Which is yeah. the weirdest quote you could ever give. Like, again, back to, back to the unfaithful partner. It's- this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. If you just looked them in the eyes and you're like, were you cheating on me? And they were like, it was a crazy night and maybe stuff happened. You'd be like, "What? you know, what happened? And it's <laughs> Angleton, of all people, the head of counterintelligence. It's a, a paraphrasing. The CIA is a big house and I don't know all the rooms, so I don't yeah. know who hit Jack. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> This is a story that I tell in the ghost, yeah. my biography of Angleton. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and uh, uh, he was in a position to know, you know, uh, and he was, uh, uh, you know, if he says, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to quite say what was going on here, you know, in, ter- in terms of the Kennedy assassination, we should absolutely take that seriously. Yeah. 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 It's. It seems. And yeah, for everyone listening, as I said at the beginning, the ghost by Mr. Moore, excuse me, <clears throat> and man in Mexico will both be in the description in the top comment. <clears throat> excuse me, CIA putting a hit on me. <laughs> Angleton was the highest place guy. He knew all of this, and he had a. He did move around like a ghost, and he did. He was in with J. Edgar Hoover, and he did have. If there was anyone that would be able to do this. And it's what I've I've thought for a long time, and your book kind of drove it home, is that he could have built in plausible deniability into the very fabric of the plot to where it's not that only two people in the world know, it's that I don't think there are documents. I think that there's probably crumbs leading – this is my personal speculation – but I think yes, no. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right because because covert operations, as one agency hand once said, are designed to be sacred from conception to eternity. Yes. Right. So if you're doing that, you never would write anything down. Yeah. Right? If, if if that's if if that's your so um, you know the you have to look at the secondary effects of of a secret operation, um, and that's where you can see evidence of the operation. Uh, it's not going to be described to you, but it's going to be referred to in other in, in other areas. And th- th- one of the striking things about the JFK story and what we've learned in the last 20 years, especially, is just how intensive the CIA surveillance of Lee Harvey Oswald was before yeah. the assassination. Yeah. Right. And uh, again, another point to my friends who say, well, sure, yeah, he defected to the Soviet Union, so of course they paid attention to him, but, but they really weren't interested in him, it, it said. You know, they, they really didn't understand that. One, the people who say that are not really familiar with the records, because what the records show is that interest in Oswald intensifies over time, from 1959 to 1963. He defects to the Soviet Union in October 1959. The CIA opens a a file on him within a week of that, and 
and Angleton specifically opens the file. Uh, and so uh, for the next four years, they're watching him as he goes here and there. And, you know, whenever his name comes up, his, his you know, information about him is forwarded to the very top of the CIA, to Angleton's office. So, you know, the, the, the idea, well, they weren't really paying attention to him. That's a complete misunderstanding of how the CIA worked. If they were keeping track of Oswald, and they were interested in him, and they were. Before 19, from 1959 to 1963, the CIA counterintelligence office collected 45 to 50 documents on Lee Harvey Oswald, the very obscure man who nobody was allegedly interested in. Um, uh, and so they knew a lot about him, and their interest did not diminish over time. Their interest increased over time. So idea that they were paying attention they were paying attention to him but they didn't really care about him that's just not true they were really using him for intelligence purposes yeah and uh that's really the the new reality that we've come to understand in the last 10 or 15 years yeah and if that that's an important point and there are there are two points or i guess one of them it's just from the book is um yeah, who who was it that asked like did we have any men in dallas who was it that posed uh, that question? Uh, 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 Richard Helms, yeah. uh, uh, Angleton's boss and the deputy director, the number the number two man in the CIA, was asked, what was your reaction to the assassination? And, and he told CBS News in 1992, make sure we had no one in Dallas on that day. It's a very interesting quote. Think about that. The president is killed and the, the director of the clandestine service doesn't say, well why would you say that <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, why would you say that it's the same thing with angleton right? I mean, the mansion yeah 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 it's like that's a very revealing comment yeah. so you know the fact that even the people who were most directly involved the way they talk about it induces suspicion yeah. You know, I mean, that's a natural reaction to have. Now, you can concoct an interpretation and say, oh, he was a public service and he couldn't possibly have been lying. And I knew his brother and all sorts of things. But, you know, for the average person, when you hear a comment like that, you are entitled to say, wow, that's really weird. Yeah. You're the head of the clandestine service. And your reaction, we get blamed. Wow. Yeah. That's the, that's the reality of the CIA in this period. Yeah. And that so that's what I always try to tell people and that's what I myself try to look at it as is remove the the big marble floor, the central intelligence agency. Remove all of that. Remove it all and just look at it with your eyes. You know, it's it's just Yeah. And and I'd like to say another thing too sure. because you know, like intelligence agencies also do good things, yeah, you know. Sure. It you know, they keep track of climate change. They analyze things, and, you know, and that should exist. And, you know, what have they done in the past and all that? But, yeah, the point is. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Strip and then we have a lot of mystique in our heads about the CIA, good and bad, you know, and it really helps to strip that away and say, look at these actions and what did they tell you? Yeah. Yeah. That's no. what I try and do in my books. Yeah. Strip away that mythology and say, what did it really look like to the people who were there? You yes. Know, to the people in the CIA. Yes. You know, what did it look like in their eyes? Yes. So um, our man in Mexico is the story of Wynn Scott, the uh, CIA station chief in Mexico in the in the 60s firsthand, you know, close witness to the events leading to Kennedy's assassination, very well placed. One of the most outstanding intelligence officers of his generation, mm-hmm. according to his colleagues. So what he thought about the assassination is far more important than, you know, what I think, sure. right? Sure. You know, yeah. like, he was there. Yeah. You know, I was in kindergarten when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. So, 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 so when I go out there, I'm not looking to tell, oh, you know, what do I think about who killed Kennedy? I mean, who cares? Yeah. But what did that, I think that's really interesting. What did Angleton think? Yeah. That's a really interesting question. And that's what my books try and get at. What did this, what did these events look like in their eyes? And actually when, once I started digging, you can actually find a lot of firsthand evidence about that. We don't have to speculate about, you know, what was their theory and all that. We yeah. know what they did because we have the documentation and we have interviews with people who were there. So, you know, that makes the picture, that brings the picture together for us. And that's really what makes, you know, an understanding of a complex event like the Kennedy assassination possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's and to, to, to go back and touch on what you said earlier, this definitely isn't a all intelligence and military is bad. Look, Dwight Eisenhower is the one that gave the military industrial complex speech. That doesn't mean he hates. I mean, he's Dwight Eisenhower, right? Smedley Butler right. is the one that said war is a racket. But I mean, he was a major general. Like, so that does. I I I love I love the United States. I have friends and family that work in the intelligence community. Not family, kind of a family, not really. The point is, though, is yeah, this is not a this isn't a blanket of hey, they're all demons and they're out there and it's the new world order. No, it's just when you look at the facts and the things they said. And the another important point. So what I want to touch on is we hit, touched on um on the 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 quote about Dallas is we know that with Operation Northwoods, Lemitzer, right, Kent or RFK. We know that they wanted to bulldoze their way into Cuba, really at any cost. And go look up Operation Northwoods just to be on the scope of this podcast right now. But it's a false flag to give us justification to go in and take out Castro. The fact that they didn't use the assassination of Kennedy as just, I mean, if there's ever been a blank check to go in and take out Cuba, it's it's shooting the president in the head. The fact that they didn't do that tells me that they weren't worried about Cuba. There, It was something else, right? Mr. Morley, you there? Oh, you broke up. Say that again, Tommy. Sorry, you broke sorry. up there a Yeah, little yeah, bit. you broke up for a second, too. The fact yeah. that they didn't use you, that... You froze a little bit. I missed the last comment. Okay. Um, it's the fact that they didn't use the assassination of Kennedy as a blank check to go in and just bulldoze Cuba... 
to me, that says that it was independent. It had nothing to do with him, mm-hmm. right? That's what gets a little hairy. And didn't Castro say it too? I hate systems, not men. Well, yeah. I mean, I never. Yeah, I never thought. I've never put any credence. Uh, don't see any evidence to support the theory that Castro was responsible for Kennedy's assassination, because for one reason he was a Marxist-Leninist, and exactly that was his quote. He, he, you know, he thought you had to replace the system, not the man. He never believed in assassination as a tactic because he didn't think it would work. He was a revolutionary. He wanted to overthrow the whole system. So, it. it I don't think there's any evidence that Castro would have, you know, tried to kill Kennedy or, or was involved in Kennedy's assassination. Yeah. It almost seems too destabilizing for it to have been the USSR, right? It's we like we wanted stability in the sense that we had nukes pointing at each other. It, it, that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, and also, you know, yeah, and, 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 and the fact government ever received information that the Soviet Union was involved. Yeah. Um, uh, now, did the Soviet Union, you know, know more about Oswald than we knew? Probably. I mean, we do know that they, we do know that they, you know, that they had him under surveillance in the time that he was living in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, and we do know that those records were never released in the 1990s by Russia. Um, but there was no evidence that they had manipulated him while he was in the United States after he returned in in the summer of 1962. Yeah. Now, and I know you have, you didn't really kind of touched on this. What, or have you written, or are you going to write anything on the assassination of RFK? Uh, I have not, and um, I don't think I'm going to. Sure. Um, it's, uh, it's a... Uh, uh, it's a much uh, more enigmatic um, uh, event, uh, and um, I just feel like uh, I would put it that way. You know, I, if I do a book, I want to add something new. So, my current, my new book is a third in the trilogy of spies. And this will be a book about uh, Richard Helms and Watergate. Yes. Um, so the trilogy, <laughs> the trilogy of spies is Win Scott, mm-hmm. station chief in Mexico City, James Angleton, chief of counterintelligence, Dick Helms, deputy CIA director and later director. And these three men were friends. They met in the OSS during World War II, and they were friends for the rest of their lives. And so they went on different paths. Win Scott went out in the field to actually do, you know, espionage in the front lines against the enemy. Angleton did counterintelligence in Washington, and Helms did more intelligence collection and became director. So three powerful men, same generation, formative personalities in the CIA. And uh, that's my next book, to be out in 2022. 2022. Look for that tease i thought you were gonna say 2021 is all right all right now i've got you for got you for eight more minutes is do you think that i didn't pay too much attention was, was there anything of significant significance about the documents that president trump had declassified in 2017 or 18 or whenever he did about the kennedy assassination 
Uh, yeah, actually, um, th there was a lot of significant material released. And um, I can give you a couple of examples. One is we people who had studied the case carefully knew this before, but we never had the piece of paper that proved it. And that was um, in 2017 when President Trump uh, or when the law required federal agencies to release the last of their JFK records and the agencies released a lot of records and withheld a lot of records. But in the released records, one of the things that appeared was the notation about the decision to And this is one indicator of just how closely they were watching him, which was within a week of his defection to the Soviet Union in November 1959. The CIA opens a file on him. Angleton's office opens a file on him. And they simultaneously decide that they're going to open the mail of his mother. Okay? Now, this was a, a, an illegal uh, mail surveillance program started by Angleton called Lingual. And uh, Lingual... Uh, by 1958 was opening the letters of about 10,000 people a year. They opened international mail, basically, going through the post office in Astoria, Queens. So Oswald had been in the Soviet Union for about a week, at which time the CIA decided, we are going to read this guy, the mail of this guy's mother. Okay, that's how interested they were in him. So, Tommy, if I'm interested in you, right, I might go look and check you out. But if, if I'm reading your mother's mail to you, you know, I am really interested in what's going on in your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how interested the CIA was in Lee Harvey Oswald four years before he killed President, allegedly killed President Kennedy. That, that document. So we knew that before. People who had studied the case knew that before. But now we got the list of when that happened. And it happened on November 9th, 1959. So that was the week that they opened his CIA file. That's one of the things that we that we learned. Another thing was we got the file of a man named Birch O'Neill. And Birch O'Neill, we now know, was one of those aides to Angleton who handled the Oswald file before the assassination. And he handled it for four years. We got his file. And we see what he was doing in 1959 at the time. And what he was doing was he was writing reports on defectors. Now, we've never seen any report that he wrote on Lee Harvey Oswald, but we know, and the, the, the file of Birch O'Neill confirms, again, that high-level CIA counterintelligence officers were interested in Oswald from the start. Um, so there were things in there. The other part of the story is there's still 15,000 plus documents that are redacted in one form or another um, and, and that Trump did not release. Trump, being Trump, tweeted and said all JFK records have been released ahead of time. OK, well, unfortunately, all JFK records weren't released and they weren't released ahead of time. In fact, he had just signed a, an agreement with Chris Ray and Mike Pompeo, Chris Ray of the FBI and Mike Pompeo of the CIA, acquiescing to the agency's demands that they be allowed to keep continue keep this material secret. And so that was October 2017. Trump said, we'll revisit this issue again in four years. So President Biden is going to face the decision next October what to do about the rest of the JFK files. And he's going to face the same decision Trump faced. And I am 
quite certain he's going to face the same pressure Trump felt. The agencies are going to go to him and say, we couldn't possibly release this material, or we could release a little bit of it, but we couldn't release it at all. That's what I expect. If if the last 50 years are any guide, that's what will happen. Now, I'm hoping that President Biden can realize that this is a silly issue. Uh, and if he wants to restore confidence in the government, the government should be transparent about it and let the chips fall where they may. Um, that's the challenge. That's a JFK challenge for 2021. Will those documents be made public? <laughs> Are we... Now, to go, and, and then to go back to your point, Tommy, you know, you said before, so are they hiding something that's just like, you know, just embarrassing or are they hiding something, you know, deadly secret? I mean, there might be a, a, a deadly secret in there. I think it's more likely that they're that they're hiding embarrassment and they're hiding leads that point to, you know, CIA misconduct. And I think around this fact that the cover story that Lee Harvey Oswald was this guy who nobody knew anything about and he came out of nowhere and he shot the president and gee, we're sorry, Mrs. Kennedy. That's BS, okay? He was very well known and was an astonishing, atrocious intelligence failure, the causes of which we still don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm slowly just beginning to fully believe what they are covering up is a 35 millimeter film of uh, LeMay, Lemitzer, uh, Angleton, and LBJ smoking cigarettes, drinking whiskey, with, and they're going, yeah, let's kill him. Where should we kill him? Let's shoot him in the head. I think that's exact. Should we do it silently? No, very public. And we're going to have one guy. Here's my buddy. His last name is Zapruder. That's what I, at this point, that's all I can conclude. It's the cheating wife. And it's like, you know what? You know what? No, it's been 57 years and you're still kicking it down the road. Just own up. Just own. If anything, who knows, man? Maybe maybe that maybe that would be an intelligence win for them is because now we're going to look at them and go, oh, my God, they really can do anything. <laughs> but at this point, no. I, you know what? I think there's going to be another film of LBJ watching in real time from a helicopter, just going, "Nice shot, kid." That's what. At this point, that's where I am. I don't even. I'm not even going to try to pretend otherwise anymore. Those aren't. Those aren't. Excuse me. Those aren't Mr. Morley's words. Those are mine. <laughs> but it's for <laughs> Thank the you, Tommy. yes, sir. For the record, those my my guests do not. I do not speak for my guests. I rant like a psychopath on here. All right. He's a respected author me not so much but that's i mean but in all seriousness at at a certain point it's going to be like you said covert from inception to the end of time i think that there probably at one point was a handshake on a side of a highway somewhere Uh and that's it and it was just and it was sealed and there's a we know about oswald and ruby i think that there were probably other again all wild speculation on my part I bet there are other people that, you know, conveniently died. I think the whole thing was just, it was just, it was a puppet using a puppet using a puppet. And I think one man knew, and it was probably Angleton. Who knows? Maybe he regretted it. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? But I, I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think, I think the roads, they keep splitting until they turn to dirt and then it turns into a field and then it's just the ocean. And there's no, there's no hidden cul-de-sac. It's, I don't think we can know. I don't think we can know. Maybe my grandkids. Well, you know, I, one point of comparison I make sometimes is, um, 
Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. And if you had asked, if you had polled American historians 50 years ago, say 1965, did Thomas Jefferson, the former president of the United States, have a long-term relationship and children with Sally Hemings, a woman who he, an African-American woman who he owned? Mm -hmm and had been property of his family for a long time. If you had polled historians and journalists on that question 50 years ago, you pretty much would have gotten 99% that is fiction, a rumor, and there's nothing to it. It's, it, it. It couldn't possibly be true. Okay, now, if you polled historians today on that same question, you would pretty much get 99% who say, yeah, that is true, that did happen. We do have solid evidence that that happened. So how did we undergo that, that, that enormous change in kind of expert, well-informed opinion around the issue? And it happened in a couple of, a couple of ways. One, uh, new evidence emerged, okay? And also um, new ways of thinking about evidence. And so one of the things that had been ignored by historians for generations was the story of the Hemings family, which was the story that was handed down in their family, which was we were descended from Thomas Jefferson. Um, and that was a story that was kept alive in that family and it was well known. And, uh, you know, they wrote it down and talked about it at the time. Well, until, you know, the 1960s civil rights revolution, people thought, oh, you know, that's just black people talking. There's no need to pay attention to that. That couldn't possibly be true. And then people came along and said, no, wait a second. You know, these people have been saying it. Makes sense. You know, check it out. So that's one thing. You know, we started, we saw new evidence and we thought about it in a new way. A second thing was technology. Yeah. DNA testing came along. We could test and see, you know, were the, were the Hemings the Hemings descendants, did they have the DNA of, of Jefferson's, of male Jefferson's? And that testing has been done, and that's, they do. And the only Jefferson who, the male, only male Jefferson who was in the vicinity of Sally Hemings nine months before she had all of her children was Thomas Jefferson. And so what had once been, you know, fiction has been turned into fact. Yeah. So, you know, the same kind of thing, I think, can happen in the Kennedy assassination. You know, the government came along and said, oh, no, you know, it's all solved, you know, pay no attention. And people say, well, wait, what about this evidence? What about that evidence? So we found new evidence. People took it seriously just because the government dismissed it. We've got new technology, you know. Uh, uh, um, so new methods of, you know, analyzing photographs, um, the acoustic evidence. So, you know. We've developed a lot of new ways of thinking about that. And the internet, by enabling us to crunch and organize mammoth amounts of information, you know, is another step forward. And so I'm, I think that, you know, I think we can solve the Kennedy assassination. I think we, I think we can know what had happened. I mean, I'm not willing to say that we won't know until we have all the government records. Yeah. I mean, the government records that we know exist. So. That's a that's a very low bar in my book, right? Because you could obviously have and, and not have any records of it. But they haven't even met that low bar yet. You know, yeah. the government has still not met that low bar. So I think we still have to say the jury's out. Yeah. Not we'll never know. But uh, let's see all that evidence. And then and then we'll talk again. Yeah. So, yeah. 
that's and that's it and, and i know I've, I've kept you over my time limit but that that's i real quick that's that's what i agree with right because it's not even like there was a vault of thomas jefferson records and it was like we can't declassify these yet and everyone's like well can we see them that didn't even happen and then ge- ge- genomic sequencing right from 2000 to 2010 i think it took 13 billion dollars to sequence now you can send away a swab and 50 bucks 23 and me right yeah. you can go back and see all that and the idea of what the double helix franson and crick or just discovering that while on LSD, the idea if you had said a hundred years ago, there's this thing called DNA and it's in 70 trillion cells in your body. And that's, they would have said that you're high, right? Give me what you're smoking. <laughs> I think that we're going to actually, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're getting my mind roll and it's, that's, that's what it's going to be. There's going to be something where just like with polymerase chain reaction, PCR, we can take a, a hair and essentially get the entire, uh, I guess, genomic library of a being. And in time, you will be able to regrow that thing, right? Kind of like Jurassic Park. In a, in a way, <laughs> there there will be... I, I'm, I'm now believe I'm doing a 180 in real time. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to look at this Pruder film one day, and there's going to be something that is as alien to us right now in 2020 as genomic sequencing or the very existence of deoxyribonucleic acid in the 1800s. And they're going to be able to look at this Pruder film and with some quantum computer some massive parallel system they're going to be able to recreate it and they're going to be recreated in three dimensions and four dimensions you're going to be able to scroll in just like imagine google earth on your phone in world war one you would have been a god you're going to be able to in the year 2150 yeah see and that's you can look right there scroll free see that's oswald but if you look over there see that guy (laughs) former navy seal See that guy, Green Beret. They're on the opposing towers, and we never would have looked. And it's like, there are seven shooters? It's going to be something absurd, right? It's going to be, no one knew there was a Claymore on the back of Kennedy's seat, and that's what blew his head, right? It's going to be something insane. Again, my words, not Mr. Morley's, but it's that it's that train of thought. Yeah, you give me hope. It's. I think we yeah. will. Now, will you and I see it? I don't know. But I think someone will see it eventually. Yeah. But, uh... I've kept you over my uh, 30 minute limit. So, Mr. Jefferson Morley, guys, go grab the books. I have yet to recommend a bad book. And Ghost, Man of Mexico's Good. Ghost, like I said, top five books all time. Legitimately recommend it off camera as well. I legitimately recommend it to people. If you like the CIA, you like counterintelligence, you like that whole shadowy world, let alone JFK, that's the book. It's creepy. <laughs> it will, that's why it's good, is it's unnerving. And, um, <laughs> I'm gonna grab I'm gonna grab Morley v CIA and um, I'll send you an email. I'd love to have you on again in January, February, whenever. I'll read that one and then I'll have to go on the long wait until 2022. But well, let's uh, let's revisit um, and uh, uh, talk about the JFK release in October 2021. That's going to be a big deal. Okay, It'll be very interesting to see what happens. So. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I will. In the case. I'll email you after this, and we'll 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 loosely plan on an October 2021 episode, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. Tommy's podcast. You will see. This is where it's going to be disclosed. It is me and yeah. Mr. Morley. Mr. Morley, not me. It'll be me taking credit. <laughs> but um, Mr. Morley, thank you so much, sir. Both your books as well. I will put the Kindle version in the description in the top comment. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you as always for uh, putting up with my insanity and. Um, I mean, really, I, I can't say enough, man. I, I love Ghost. I truly love Ghost. It's it's fantastic. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Yes, sir. You have a you have a wonderful Thanks, Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless America. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you again, Mr. Marley. Take care. Bye bye.